0: You may be seated. I appreciate all of the words that we've heard in the last several weeks and services and the presence of the Lord that we have felt. And I know this coming Sunday, Brother Sharp, after General Conference, Brother Sharp is planning on being with us, and I know that's sort of the end of the... Uh, month, the fifth Sunday as Brother Nick said but we're um, vastly into October and there's Esther Joseph and there's all kinds of things that happen in, in October Harvest Fest and other situations that go on in October and then believe it or not it's November and Christmas programs and the end of the year and 2020. I don't know if we're wired for 2020 or not but ready or not here it comes. And uh, so we're thankful that uh, it seems like uh, in the last Maybe it's just my imagination, but it seems like in the last year or two years um, that just everything has ramped up in speed and in intensity and in tax and, and there's been uh, all sorts of things going on spiritually and, and just... You know, um, I I don't know. I don't want to say it doesn't uh, let up, but it's one of those uh, situations where you wonder, Lord, uh, are we going to get any relief? And I know that the Bible in the Old Testament, in Isaiah, talks about that with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people saying this is the rest. Wherewith to cause the weary to rest. And sometimes it seems like the only rest and refreshing, according to Isaiah 28, that we can get sometimes is just being in the presence of the Lord. And it makes us almost, if if you're like me, um, realize more and more how much I need to be in the presence of the Lord. And how much I need to feel what I'm feeling. And, And it just feels like that's the refreshing. And uh, so I want to speak to you for a few moments. And I know our sort of our line is growing (coughs) apostolic (coughs) legacy. And we all know that we have a great history here. And it's a wonderful uh, (coughs) church and wonderful past. And yet I... I also know that we cannot just simply rely on what we had 50 years ago or 40 years ago or 10 years ago. It is up to us and this new generation to fill in the gap of where we sort of uh, as, as we feel the intensity of the, uh, the uh, pressure building, and we have people, and Sister Cawthorn is not here, she is sick this morning, who are uh, prayer warriors, and that have been great prayer warriors, Rogers, others, I can go through, and and I um, have... We we have a forty days of fire at the beginning of the year, and uh, several of them: Sister Marilyn, Brother Richard, and Stretton and uh, uh, Brother galone and. Uh, uh, sister Laylee Keys and and the Shirley's, brother George and sister Marcia, and then there have been others that have joined us on at, at times. Sister Dottie and church singer, and I know we've had uh, <coughs> all kinds of uh, individuals that have come uh, and joined us. Brother John, I think Smith and others come on Friday morning at six o'clock. We we. We don't. We make a very short announcement about it. We don't anticipate there's going to be a lot of people here, and uh, I've had to miss several, and and my wife uh, had to miss several. But we try to make it 6 a.m. And, and it's hard at times to get up. But this past Friday, I was there and we were praying, and I was feeling uh, just. I was trying to listen to the Lord, and I begin to listen to the prayers that were going on in Friday morning prayer. And there was just a handful of us, and I understand it's not for everybody. We're not making you. I don't want you to feel bad, but if you're not doing anything from 6 to 7 on a Friday some morning, you want to chop in for 10 minutes or an hour, you're welcome to join us. It's not an exclusive club, but uh, I was just hearing the prayer, and you said, oh that's a horror I know but and and I know we have ladies prayer and we have corporate prayer and it won't be long and we'll be having Tuesday night corporate prayer and we have prayer before the services and we have people that set up prayer booths and people that go prayer walking and prayer is an essential part of what it means to be apostolic because the Holy Ghost the day of Pentecost was poured out in a Prayer meeting. They were in the upper room, in one accord, and in prayer. And I, I know this is a thing that you could say. Well, are you saying that prayer is important? Yes, I am. Let me just make that very uh, uh, that that very clear. And yet, I think unfortunately, as a weapon, we don't sometimes recognize how essential prayer is and I, I i know it you say it's easy to talk about it but i i i i, I want these young folks to hear a couple of things today and i'm going to go quickly i know because most of you all know this it's just doing it we know it we just got to do it you know it's easy to know it, but not do it. Does that make sense? But anyway, it's a weapon, and it goes back to the book of Ephesians whenever the Lord was using Paul to talk about that very sense of our weapons and our armament. He starts it by saying, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, let me just tell you whether you are Democrat or Republican or Libertarian or whatever you are, you've, I'm sure, got somebody, whether it's across the aisle or on your side of the aisle, that you would say is wicked. <laughs> in high places <laughs> and whether it's uh, wherever it is there's we're living in this hour where we uh, have to Almost we, you know, it's amazed, and, and we think, well, how could that group have voted for them? And how could they have put them, that wicked person in office, no matter whichever side you want to put yourself on, or whether it's in the middle or left or right or whatever, and then you know, when you drive down the streets of Newark, and you know, this is our Ohio Grown Therapy Building being built, and our our CBD is, is uh, sold here and whatever. I guess that's uh, uh, vaping for, you know, uh, marijuana or whatever. And it's in Newark, folks. And it's in our community. And you go, oh, how could that be? And yet, That's what Paul was saying, that those are the things that it's in this evil day. And then he goes through, you can read it, but he talks about having your loins girt about with truth, the breastplate of righteousness, feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And the next verse says praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit in the spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and and with all supplication of the saints. So here it was, he was saying, praying always. So I, I preached and I taught here several years ago that prayer was like the pilum or the javelin that the Roman soldier would use. You know, It was not the sword, it wasn't in hand to hand, but it was something that could be launched and soldiers Roman soldiers carried not only a shield and a sword but they also had a a pike or a, a javelin or a spear and that prayer is like that ability to throw it into the heavenlies against spiritual wickedness in high places against what's going on it's about being in one spot and I can't be there right there but I'm able to launch a dart into a hospital room I'm able to launch a dart across the world. I'm able to send something to somebody and immediately, and I know, we have prayer for the sick here and they're right here, but we also read names that are not here and we say in the name that is above every name and we send a prayer javelin. And so prayer is a weapon and we know that. And we see evidence of that. And I, I, you know, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, you can talk about how the evidence of using prayer. New Testament, just a few chapters over in the book of Acts, you find that Herod was Took James, who's the brother of John. Remember James and John and Simon were always going somewhere, the trio. And Herod took James and killed him. And it, he thought it made, and, and not he didn't think, but it did. It got the Jews excited because he had killed a zealot and he had killed somebody that was bad. And so Herod said, man, I killed James and everybody was excited. I'll go after Simon. And he goes after Simon Peter and he throws him in jail. Some of you know the story. And there he was and he had him chained between two soldiers and Simon Peter was sleeping. Amazing that Simon was sleeping. Why would you be sleeping when you've been thrown in jail and you've got two soldiers? But yet, what did the early church do? And we know they were not able to go visit him. There was no jail visiting hours. There was nothing that they could do to go in to try to lay their hands on Simon. But there was a group of people that got together and the Bible says in Acts 12 and 5 that while Peter was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And what happened? Whenever they made this prayer without ceasing the angel of the lord shows up in the prison cell and he, he broke off the chains knocked the soldiers out and escorted peter through not just one gate but two gates and sent him out on the street Amen. and you remember the story simon goes to the house and he knocks on the door remember it and they're in there having a prayer meeting launching prayers oh god help Simon, help Simon! And they look, and there he is. And they go. Rhoda comes back in and says, "Hey, everybody, Simon's out." They go, "You've seen a ghost. It can't happen. We've been praying for it to ha- something to happen, but we had no idea that could happen." You know, sometimes we don't know what the answer will be, but we're just praying for something, and and, uh, they were, here they were, and they were just like, okay, and and so this was this, what did they know to do? They just started praying. They didn't know what else to do. They didn't know, you know, get him a gift basket, do whatever. They, They knew that he should not have been put in jail. It wasn't, you know, that he had murdered somebody or done something wrong, but they knew it was just simply persecution and so they just begin to pray. I don't know what all they prayed, doesn't have it, but they started praying and the Bible uses the phrase without ceasing. Now that's not that uncommon in the New Testament. Paul wrote in Romans whenever he wrote his letter to the church at Rome, he said, without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers. To Timothy, when Timothy, the second book of Timothy, Timothy was having problems. Timothy was feeling despondent and depressed and upset and Paul said I thank God whom I served from my forefathers with a pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in prayers night and day now I, I, that's hard for me to understand how can you pray without ceasing when we are so bombarded you know you can't well I can't do that I we we have prayer uh, you know we wake up and come over on Friday morning or we have women's prayer or we have corporate prayer but I don't pray without ceasing and so you know we can talk about it and explain it as being in a spirit of prayer and have a mental mind of prayer but Paul what he was talking about is that somewhere somehow I without I don't fail I don't stop I use this weapon I am somehow I I am going to use this weapon in fact he kind of told all of us in Thessalonians when you read it in 1 Thessalonians (laughs) the Fourth chapter he talks about how bad it was going to be and he said the Lord himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout and the dead in Christ arise first then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air wherefore comfort one another with these words that's the end of the fourth chapter fifth chapter he's coming like a thief in a night and then he says rejoice evermore and then he says in, in the fifth chapter in the 17th verse pray without ceasing now, if Paul would say that we are supposed to pray without ceasing, then you say, that means that I don't ever need to be very far from my prayer weapon. Right. You know, I'm loaded for prayer. Right. And I got to have that mindset in this hour. I understand. Now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep. <laughs> It's a wonderful prayer to pray at night I understand name of the Father, Son and Holy Ghost, one eats fastest gets the most wonderful prayer to pray <laughs> before you eat bless the food, amen whatever you pray but I'm talking about praying without ceasing in this hour having a spirit of prayer that Lord we want to pray and you say well how do I do that and how what does that involve and I begin to listen Friday morning as I was hearing the prayers of some of our prayer warriors and I know not all of them were able to be there but I was listening to the prayer of some of the prayer warriors as they were there in prayer Friday morning and I started, I've, I noticed two or three things that they begin to I begin to hear and so that's what I'm going to tell these that may not have been knowing how to pray without ceasing. And this I I heard this going on on Friday morning if it were and John used this word he put it and this was they didn't they they didn't know I was listening as I was praying but I was listening as I I was praying I I was praying trying to pray as well but I was saying Lord I want you to tell me what they're saying and doing because I want to somehow understand so I can communicate it to all of these young folks that are coming on in this next generation how important it is to pray without ceasing and the first thing that I begin to hear and I begin to see was they were trying to pray according to the will of God if you're going to pray, you've got to pray according to the will of God. It's not your will. I, I understand. I can pray, oh God, give me a million dollars. Oh God, give me a new car. Oh God, do whatever. But that's not really praying according to the will of God. John said it like this. This is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to what? His will. will, He hears us. And if we know he hears us, whatsoever we ask, then we have the petitions that we desired of him. And so how do I pray according to the will of God? How do I know what the will of God is? Well... It's, you know, always good to say, Lord, if it's your will, it's good to use that phrase. Thy will be done. It's not up to me, but I would like to have whatever, a new car. If it's your will, putting that little phrase on there might help. But the point of the praying according to the will of God is, you know, and what does the Lord want us to do? What is the will of God for my life? He wants me to confess my sins. Yeah. He wants me to say, Lord, I'm sorry for whatever I've done. I can go through the whole Bible and show you that. Part of what the will of God is for me is to get right with him. And so if I'm going to pray according to his will, I've got to humble myself and say, Lord, I need you. And then if there's some habit that the Lord is telling me to correct or some action or something that I'm doing that's wrong, I need to say, Lord, give me help with this, whatever it is. You see what I'm struggling with. I've got this, this problem. I've got that. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't pray like that. Well, let me tell you, that's getting yourself in lined up with his will. Because we know what he wants of us. And if I am praying for, you know, the foolishness of it is, you know, if my child comes in and says, I'm praying for a new car, but yet I'm acting like a jerk right now. You know, I'm going, wait a minute, you're asking for this? I need you to line up and obey me when I said pick up the trash? How are you wanting that when I'm trying to get you into my will to do what I want you to do? You, you understand what I'm saying? And so praying according to the will of God is being willing to confess, repent, Ask the Lord to forgive me. Ask the Lord. You say, well, are you saying that, God, I've got to spend six hours? No. But ask the Lord. Get me my behaviors right, My what I'm doing right, right. Get me lined up, Lord. Attitudes, emotions, getting those right, you know. If I've been mean, if I've been mad, if I've been angry, it's saying, Lord, okay, forgive me, Lord. I, I was a little of a jerk. I got What am I doing? I'm finding myself in the prayer where I'm praying according to the will of God. If I pray according to the will of God, he said he hears us. And if he hears us, we have the petitions. And so if I don't get myself in line with his will, my weapon is useless. It's like being given a bazooka with no shells or a or a gun with no shells. Or a bow with no arrows. How can I use prayer as a weapon if I don't line myself up with the will of God? You can say, oh God, I don't want you to you know, send revival to wherever it is. And yet I'm, I don't have my life ready. I don't have, I'm not. I'm not using the weapon without ceasing. How do I do it? Is I get my attitude. If there's promises to claim. In other words, and, and you say, well, where do I find the promises? That's where the word of God comes in. Let me explain something to you. The will of God is written in the word of God. Amen. The word is the will of God. It may not be what, you know, I want, but it's what he wants. It's God breathed. This is why on Friday morning, I heard people taking the word of God out and they were quoting the word and they were reading the word. What are they doing? They're somehow trying to align their prayers with the will of God because we're believing that God is gonna answer prayer. We're gonna pray the word of God. We're gonna find an example in the word of God where I can say Lord I need to be like this I need to have this in my life I need to do this why am I doing all of that it's because I want to be effective in my prayer life you say well I don't have to be in the will of God to pray. I get that, yes, you're exactly right. You can be a sinner in the darkest uh, of sin and you can be like the man in the Gadarenes and you can be tormented and you can say, God have mercy on me. But at some point he was submitting himself to the will of God. And when he got delivered, the first thing he did was he said, I wanna go with you, Jesus. Man, that'd be exciting. And you know what the Lord told him? No. Go back home. He could not be an effective prayer warrior if he would have immediately went with Jesus and if he would not have aligned himself with the will of God. So... Praying the word of God. And so I, I want to I know we talk about it, you know, bring your Bibles, bring something to read, bring some verses, bring the Word, use the Word when you're praying. This is part of prayer without ceasing. Is I want to hear the Word. I want to I want to have the Word. I want to align myself with the Word. Not only what I'm doing, but I want to align myself with the Word of God in every way. Now, another thing that I heard Friday morning and I'm just you you know this isn't deep. I, I know you guys all know it. Was they were praising? Now I'm not talking about. We did praising around here, and that's good. We were praising the Lord. Praising the Lord is talking and worshiping the Lord for who He is and what He does. I got it. Lord, You're great, greatly to be praised. But and I do that, and and our young folks can do that. We can come we can sing a song, we can worship, we can praise God. But praise is part of a prayer weapon. A few of you believe that. But I'm going to convince the rest of you through the word of God that praise is a part of a prayer weapon. And you are supposed to use praise, it's like loading your prayers. Come on. Yes. Do do you understand? You can't pray according to the will of God, (laughs) then it's like you don't have the gun at all. But praise is like putting magnum shells in Mm it. Okay? And, and I begin to hear it. and you, you say well, what are you talking about it, it just it, it transforms my prayer David I, I uh, there are hundreds of examples in the Bible and they're in the word of God David said it like this I was about to slip back Psalm seventy-third chapter you can pick it up and read it sometime I was about to fall when I looked at the heathen my feet were almost nigh slipped you can quote it he said I saw how the wicked were prospering I saw what was going on. And I'm trying to, there's no reason for me to live for God. And now he is praying all of this. He is saying, Lord, this is just terrible. He is saying, basically, God, I've been overwhelmed. I don't know what I'm going to do. It feels like everything the bottom has dropped out. And he gets down to about verse 22 and he says, nevertheless, I am continually with you. Hold me by thy right hand. Guide me by your counsel and afterward receive me to glory whom have I in heaven but thee there is none on earth that I desire beside thee my flesh and my emotions fail but God is the strength of my heart my portion forever he started praising God in the midst of his prayer Psalm 61, another time when David began to praise God in the midst of his prayer. Hear my cry, oh God, and attend unto my, what does he start off? First verse, attend unto my prayer from the end of the earth. In other words, I'm at the I'm at the dropping off place. I am as far from everything. If you ever felt like you were in such a deep hole that there was no getting out of it. (laughs) When my heart is overwhelmed, he said, lead me to that rock (laughs) that is higher than I and then he starts praising God for you have been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy and he goes on and he spells it out I will so will I sing praise unto thy name forever that I may daily perform my vows what are you talking about he starts it as a prayer and then in the midst of that he loads it up another notch and says now I will sing. I will sing. Or he says well I will sing. What do you sing?" It's an act of my will. I don't always feel like singing. He didn't say I feel like singing. I want to sing. Oh there's a joy bubbling, bubbling, bubbling. He said I'm at the end of the earth. But he said I Will I Say. Sometimes when you are in prayer, if you're going to pray according to the will of God and you've done all of that and you've lined yourself up and you're doing the best you can, then you've got to say, all right, we're going to take it to another notch. I'm going to start praising God in the midst of my prayer. Lord, you are great and greatly to be praised. What are you doing? I am loading my prayer weapon. Oh, Psalms 143. I, I, I There were so many. Here he goes again. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear unto my supplication. In your faithfulness answer me. In your righteousness. And he's honest. The enemy's persecuting me. My spirit's overwhelmed. My heart is desolate. And then what do I start doing? I remember in the days of old. Now, what is he saying here? He wasn't talking about in the days of old in his own life. You say, well, I don't remember whenever I've been, God's done good. If you don't have your own testimony, that's what the Bible's full of them. He said I remember the days of old. He was meaning like what you did for the children of Israel when you brought them out of Egypt. I remember how you brought them across the Jordan River. He said I will meditate on thy works. I will muse or think about the work of your hands. I'll think about creation. I'll go outside and begin to look at the heavens and the stars and the sun and the moon and I'm going to start in the midst of Lord. I need need you to heal my body in the midst of, Lord, I need you to send revival in the midst of, Lord, I need you to touch. I will say, Lord, you are so great and greatly to be praised. Lord, you're the one that made heaven and earth. What are you doing? I'm giving myself a charge. I stretch forth. I raise my hands. You say, I don't feel like raising my hands. I'm telling you, if you're going to use this prayer weapon in 2019 and 2020, you're going to have to be willing to somehow say Lord whether you're driving in the car or you're laying in the bed raise your hands and just say Lord I remember what you did you're able, you're great and greatly to be praised then he goes on to say teach me to do thy will remember he's lining himself up with the will do you see this How he's getting himself in line with the will of God. And he's getting himself praising the Lord. And I I understand it, it can be tough. And I know you say, but you don't know. I don't feel like praising God. I get it. The weeping prophet is Jeremiah. He wept and wept and wept and wept. In fact, cried about how bad things were. How ridiculous his nation was. You can read it in the Old Testament. How much sin was going on in the upper spiritual wickedness in high places. In fact, he wrote an entire book. You ought to read it sometimes. Just four chapters, I think. Lamentations. It'll depress you. But you'll think somebody's got it worse than I got it. But in the midst of lamentations, in the midst of how crying, he says, third chapter, this will I recall to mind and then I have hope. (laughs) It is of the Lord's mercies that we're not already consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness great is thy faithfulness the Lord is my portion saith my soul oh therefore will I will I I will put my hope in him the Lord is good unto them that wait for him the soul that seeks him it is a good for a man to both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord what do you say in the midst of your prayer if you will say Lord I want to line up my will to yours and then I want to start praising you. I'll find a verse that I can read I'll think of your works. I'll think of what you've done. I'll think of what you've done for me. I'll think of what you've done for our church I'll think of the miracles that we have sitting around here. I'll think of how God's healed. I'll think of the testimony. I'm going to praise you Lord. You're great and greatly to be praised It does something for your prayer. Now, that's all you say, Old Testament. That's just kind of, just so that you won't doubt me, go to the New Testament. Two more books, Philippians and Colossians, both four chapters. A letter that Paul wrote starts off Philippians first chapter. He says, I thank God upon remembrance of you always in every prayer, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making requests for joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this this very thing that he which begun a work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And then he says, our conversation is where? Look at how bad it is. I don't know what's gonna happen. Global warming, our planet's gonna burn up. We've got these problems. Trump's fixing to get us in war with Iran and North Korea and Amazon foreign forces burning up and uh, dollars crashing and stock market. If you're not careful, our conversation will be on all the problems that you've got. All that you gotta get done, all that's going on in your life. Oh, you say, well, don't you talk about them a little bit? Sure, but we're supposed to pray without ceasing. At some point, I gotta get my conversation about how good God is how big God is what are you doing I'm starting to learn how to pray without ceasing because if you're not careful the spirit of this hour will overwhelm you it will overwhelm you you will feel like I don't get it I, you know nobody talked to me nobody was nice to me nobody did this everybody's against me the world is a, and is after me I, life is bad it, it, you know what I didn't hear any of that Friday morning. I have to tell you I heard none of our prayer warriors that were here Friday talking about how bad you know the Democrats were or the Republicans in their prayer. They weren't praying those kind of things. They were praying God you are great God you are powerful if you're going to learn how to pray you've got to pray without ceasing. You've got to put praise to it. He said my Conversation is in heaven because we look for a Savior who is going to change our vile body. What are you saying? Somehow I believe I know I'm struggling with A or B or C or I'm struggling with X or Y or Z but God you are able to change my body. You're able to change my idea. You're able and make it fashion like unto his glorious body. Oh what do you say? I'm saying that this hour we're living in if there was ever a time that we may have to learn how to pray it's this hour because our conversation will get stuck here on earth he said that it may be fashioned into his body unto the working whereby he is able to subdue all things unto himself be careful for nothing but in everything Paul says it again in Philippians by prayer and supplication with, it's that thanksgiving and praise that loads the gun. (laughs) It's part of prayer. I know we praise the Lord, we sing praises, we do all that, but you know what, it doesn't hurt sometimes in the midst of your prayer if the Lord drops a song in, you don't have to sing on key, off key. A song comes to your heart and you're praying and sing. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Lord, once I was in the deep miry clay. You brought my feet. I put them on the rock to stay. Whatever song comes to your mind when you're praying, what are you doing? I am somehow trying to get myself aligned unto him with prayer, supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And what happens? The peace of God it passes all understanding all of a sudden in the midst of anxiety and in the midst of stress and in the midst of worry and in the midst of of not knowing what to do. It's like when you start praying with according to the will of God and a word of God and, and and asking praising God, it's like the Lord sends a channel of peace right into your heart and into your mind, and it's like all of a sudden you're getting yourself in line. You're using your prayer weapon. Yeah. What what focus Paul's thoughts? I, I'll show you in Philippians. Colossians was the same thing. He told them in Colossians, continue in prayer and with thanksgiving. In Philippians, here's in the middle of Philippians, the book of Philippians, the second chapter. He said, let me tell you how to focus your mind. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. So how do you get your mind, how do you get Christ's mind in you? According to the will of God. You have to be able to say, okay, Lord, here it is. I, I want to get your mind in my mind. Second chapter, 11th verse, 5th through the 11th verse. You can write this down and you can add the little phrase in front of every one of these verses. You can pray these verses, 5 through 11. <clears throat> this is how you do it. Let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal to God. So how do you get that mind? Is when you are praying, start thanking the Lord. Lord, I thank you that you were God, but yet you... Did not feel like you had to come and zap everybody. But you came, Lord, and you were, I thank you, Lord, for coming and coming to Calvary. Lord, verse 7, you made yourself no reputation. You took upon yourself the form of a servant. You were, I thank you, Lord, for coming like a man. I thank you for what, what are you doing? You say, that I know, he knows that, but I'm praising him in, for all that he has done I'm praising him Lord I thank you that you were humbled I Lord I want you you were like a servant you were obedient to death even to the death of the cross I thank you Lord for going to Calvary for me what are you doing I am praising I'm loading my prayer in the midst of oh Lord help me I then start saying Lord I thank you for coming I thank you for dying i Thank you for letting me somehow know who you were. I know, Lord, you've exalted him. You've given him a name which is above every name, Lord. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Lord, I thank you. Every tongue shall confess. I want to confess right now you are Lord of my life. You made heaven and earth, you made everything in the earth. I want you to know that I want to give you glory. Colossians same thing in the midst of Colossians talked about being buried with him in baptism being raised with him through faith in the operation of God that you who are dead in sins he has quickened Lord thank you for your quickening power Lord thank you for blotting out the handwriting of the ordinances let me see I didn't switch that slide here it is Lord, thank you for all that you've done for me. He goes on. In Colossians, and says you've spoiled principalities and powers. You've made a show of them. You are God. You blotted out the handwriting of the ordinances against me. And when you get through with that, you say, Lord, let the peace of God rule in my heart and in my mind because you've called me into one body. That's what it means to be connected and be ye thankful. I want to be thankful. I want the word of God to dwell in me richly teaching and admonishing one another how teaching and admonishing one another in Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing with grace in your heart what are you saying you see we we know how to praise God right here and we will have a worship service 10 minutes 30 minutes whatever you may like the songs or you may not like the songs you may like to tap your foot it may be slow it may be fast it may be something you don't like but let me tell you, praise is not supposed to just be happening on Sunday morning, in Sunday school, or in church, or Sunday night, or Wednesday night. Praise is part of your prayer, and it's got to be part of your prayer. If you are going to pray without ceasing, you've got to say, Lord, you are great, and greatly to be praised. Lord, I want to pray according to your will. I don't care what's going on in my life, and it's got the guy that wrote that was named Paul wrote it to Colossians wrote it to Philippians church at Philippi and let me tell you he lived it he not only wrote it but he lived it you remember Acts the 16th chapter God speaks to Paul and a man comes up and says, come to Macedonia. And he says, okay. And he goes. And then somebody says, well, come down here. thy Thyatira he's making these missionary journeys, trying to do what is right. And all of a sudden, this young girl comes up to Paul and says, these are the servants of God. Remember? Paul ignores it. And all day long, she's bugging him. These are the servants of God. These are the servants of God. Everybody listen. These are the servants of God. Right here, God, God, God. <laughs> and he puts up with it, not only for one day, but the second day, she shows up again. And he's trying to help people. And she is bugging the magoo out of him. These are the servants of God. She wouldn't say anything untrue, but she was just bugging him. (laughs) The third day, you are bugging me now. And Paul discerned, she's got a bad spirit. She was saying what was true, but she had a bad spirit. Not everybody that comes around you He's got a good spirit. I'm not saying everybody's possessed, but there are some people that can just get on your last nerve. (laughs) Not us, Paul, (laughs) preaching about Paul. Don't Don't get excited at preaching about Paul. Finally, Paul simply says, come out of her. Rebukes her, the spirit that's in her, says, Leave her. Bam! This is the guy that's been praying. Guess what happens? Boom! She's delivered. She wasn't asking for deliverance. She wasn't praying for deliverance. She was just, you bugged the wrong person. You made me getting in a spiritual battle you don't know you're getting in. But you know what? It's okay when that happened the guys that had been using her for fortune telling got mad and they started causing problems remember the story and they said these guys are stirring up trouble they got the Jews upset and they got a multitude together and The magistrates tore off their clothes. Commanded to beat Paul and Silas. Laid many stripes on them. Threw them in jail. Told a jailer to keep them safely. Now we know the story of Simon Peter had already been delivered in the 12th chapter. Between four quatrains of soldiers. But now they're in another town. They put them in the innermost prison and put their feet fast in stocks. And at midnight, Paul and Silas did two things. There was no church there to pray for them. There was no cell phone to say, everybody pray, let me send a text message to everybody. Simon Peter had a whole church praying for him. Paul and Silas were there on missions work by themselves. There might have been one or two believers, we don't know. But they got thrown in jail and they were on their own. But guess what? They did. You read it, we know the story. And at midnight, Paul and Silas, what is this first thing they did? Prayed, and then they. And they didn't want to bother anybody and they didn't want anybody to think they were nuts. So they just quietly, oh Jesus, praying. And I understand, I'm not telling you that when you go to Wendy's to make an announcement over the PA system, oh I'm praying right now. But sometimes when you're in a desperate situation, it doesn't matter who hears. Huh? I'm praying and now I'm singing. And at midnight, they started singing. Maybe they thought everybody else would be asleep. I don't know. Remember the story? Acts, the 16th chapter. I better turn the slide. The Bible says, And the prisoners heard them. what happens suddenly when you start joining prayer and the will of God they were in the will of God Paul had been told to go to Macedonia he wasn't out you know it would have been different if he said "Well, I'm I'm just going to Macedonia and I'm going to preach and I'm going to tell my family and I'm going to get in their face that wasn't what happened Paul was directed by the will of God to be there. And he was following the will of God and he was now in prison and the Bible says whenever he sang and Paul and Silas and they sang praises that suddenly there was a great earthquake and the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed what are you saying whenever the presence of the Lord comes there is liberty and it will not only set you free it will set other people free all around you it set the whole jail cell free and the jailer knew the magistrates were mad and so he gets out his sword and is going to have a suicide attempt he's fixing to kill himself and Paul says don't do that we're all here so they didn't even leave jail but the jailer feels bad and he says to them, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord, thou shalt be saved in thy house. And he took them that very night to his home and he, they told him about baptism and he got baptized. His entire house and family were transformed Because he was the jailer on duty when the miracle happened. Go to the next slide, Brother Jared. And they were rejoicing and shouting. And in the morning, the magistrates came and said, Let those guys go. And you know what Paul said? The guy that was the keeper of the prison said, the magistrate said, you guys can go. So y'all are able to leave now. We'll get you out of this. We'll get you out of this torment, out of this jail cell. You don't have to be here anymore. I guess in the morning after they baptized them, they went back to prison. Can you believe it? They went back to the place. Because you see, they weren't praying for deliverance. They were just worshiping the Lord and thanking the Lord because they believed we're in the will of God. So whatever we're going through, God must have a reason for it. And whenever the jailer got out and he started believing on the Lord, as the scripture said, I don't know, probably got the Holy Ghost, got baptized. They were so excited. They go, let's go back to jail. Could be somebody else in here that needs to, huh? Can you believe that? Sometimes I get so focused on my deliverance that I forget to just praise God. If I'm in the will of God, whatever I'm going through, maybe there's a doctor that's going to be treating me that I need to witness to. Now, Paul... Don't be so foolish as to think a jailer might be the one. When I'm doing my best, I got to turn that around and say, Lord, I'm trying to live for you. I'm trying to get in your will. I don't know, maybe this is a professor that is just dogging me that I need to go to his office and I need to witness I, I don't think like that in this hour we've got to pray without <laughs> and so the jailer came in and he said go in peace and uh, you, you can go now and you know what Paul said no take me back to jail and, and he said the magistrate put me here in front of everybody if he wants me out he can come let me out wow I think I'd have just said, okay, man, change his mind. But not Paul. Because you know what his prayer was? It was according to the will of God. It wasn't get me out of this, get me a new this, get me, get this, get do it for me. It was Lord, if this is where you called me to come to Macedonia, if this is what I needed to go through, and do, I'm oh, I'm right here, right now. And the Bible said that you know who left there? Paul Silas weren't afraid when they were in jail but do you know who had a spirit of fear come on him the magistrate because he said oh they're citizens of Rome I could get in trouble and the Bible says that he came and he besought them he begged them please will you leave my jail please will you leave my jail the fear that the enemy tried to put on Paul and Silas. When you load your prayer with praise, he sends those ambushments. Yeah, whatever the devil is trying to